again in the beginning of that verse, that first one, at the end of it, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. He puts the responsibility back on Israel for their sin. And can I make this statement to you? He puts the responsibility back on you for your sin. Amen. It's not that it wasn't another nation pastor shot. It wasn't the Philistines, wasn't the Zidonians, was not the Assyrians, was nobody else that caused Israel to sin other than Israel themselves, and there's nobody else that causes you to sin other than yourself, amen? So sin always comes back to the individual, and we need to make sure we get those things straight with God. Repentance will bring revival every time, every time. Repentance will bring revival. Now, Father, thank you for this night. I pray, Father, you'll help as I preach, Father. Help us receive your word again, Father, and what you would have for each one of us here tonight. God, I pray as always, if there is anyone in our presence who has never come to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ, that you would speak to that heart this evening, Father, that they might be saved by your wonderful grace. And Father, we heard some testimonies in here this evening. Lord, praise you, your precious name for that, dear God. If there's someone here that does not have a testimony like that, speak to that heart, Father. Now help us tonight, Father, those of us who know Christ as our Savior, Father, Deal with us, speak to our hearts, Father, that we might glorify you in Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated. As I begin, repentance will bring revival. This word, um, return here in the first verse, the third word in, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God. This word return carries with it about 80 different words associated with that word return. Uh, is, let me give you a few of them. I'm not going to give you all 80, amen, but uh, uh, I know we are a little bit limited on some time tonight because of the communion, and so I told pastor I only preach an hour instead of an hour and 10 minutes, amen. So, but a couple of them are this, draw back, deny, uh, deliver from, to pull in again, or to turn back, to bring back, or to, I like this one, or to fetch home again, amen. That's my one of my favorite terms, to fetch home again. That reminds me of West Virginia, you know. Fetch it on home again. Recall, recover, refresh, relieve, rescue, restore, retrieve, or to cause to make to return. To cause to make to return, or to cause to make to reverse, or cause to make to repent. That's the last word in the whole list of words, of 80 words that would be associated with that word return. So the Lord is literally saying to them, repent, come back to me, repent. Come back to where you need to come to that you might make some things right with me as a child of mine. And Israel truly are the children of God, amen? And by the way, when you became a Christian, born again, saved by the very grace of God, you also became a what? A child of God. And I don't know about you, but there's many things in my life, many times as a child of God, that I need to make right with the Lord. Amen. And some of those things, sometimes Pastor Shot, I think that if I get this one right with God, then I am fine and there's nothing else I have to worry about. But as reading this text, I found something out here that the Lord's dealing with them on. And it's more than just one thing that they need to make right with God. Number one, look with me, if you will, please, as we come down here to the, uh, this text. And let me make this statement before I begin. We believe, don't, do not we believe this? Don't we believe that the Scriptures teach that repentance is a personal act prompted by the Holy Spirit of God? Don't we believe that? Amen? As a personal act prompted by the Holy Spirit of God. And it consists of, doesn't, does it not consist of godly sorrow for sin? Amen. That repentance, there ought, to be a, there ought to be a godly sorrow for sin 
if we have something in our life, there ought to be a godly sorrow there that would cause us to want to repent uh, as believers. It's uh, accompanied with great humiliation over one sin. Amen? Uh, I mean, what, don't that bother you, the sin? You, it ought to humble you to fall at the feet of Jesus Christ and get forgiveness for the sin that's in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's, uh, it goes along with a, a, a prayer for pardoning, asking God to forgive us. You say, I did that when I got saved, Brother Mike. I understand that, but there's things in your Christian life sometimes, my friend. That's why he wrote First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, which is written to born-again believers, amen, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All what? Unrighteousness. So he makes a promise to you and I that he will cleanse us, but he says, you need to come to me. And so there's times in my life as a believer in Jesus Christ where I need to confess things. I need to make things right with God. Amen. And I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I make one thing right with God, then I'm fine. Everything's okay. And God says, no, that's not, that's not enough. That's not what I mean when I want you to repent. Look with me, if you will, down here at verse 3 of this text. is Asher shall not save us. Asher was the second son of Shem, the grandson of uh, Noah. And uh, the tribe Asher now comes into play. Asher, the tribe of Asher. And Asher was a tribe that, uh, outside of, uh, that would uh, come alongside of Israel. And what, what they're saying is that we have trusted in them for way too long. So they repented here. The first thing you see, Asher shall not save us. They repented. They're repenting from trusting in man or that which will give them power from men. They're, they're, they're repenting from that which will give them power. They're trusting. They're repenting from trusting in what man can do other than what God can do. Let me, let me make this statement to you. Israel uh, Pastor Schott, I believe with all my heart, Israel could have won every battle they ever went into, every battle, they, if, they would have, if they would have just trusted God. They would have won every battle, just, if he doesn't just do it God's way. Can I tell you this as a believer? Folks, listen, if you just do it God's way, you can win every battle that you're going to go through in your Christian life as a believer in Jesus Christ. Every battle you can win, but it has to be done God's way. They were trusting in man to come alongside of them during war in a time of conflict. They were trusting in Asher, the tribe of Asher, and they were asking them for help. And he said, listen, you need to stop this. You need to end. So they recognize the fact here, Asher shall not save us. They recognize the fact that their trust cannot be in man, but their trust has to be in God. Jeremiah 17, 5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. When you trust in man, it won't be long before your heart departs from the things of God. You say, oh, I won't turn my back on God and walk away. Nope, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what happens, you still might come to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Sunday school service, every Wednesday night. You might be here in the house of God, my friend, but I want to know something. Well, you know something? If you're trusting in man, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. All you're doing is coming and trusting in man to give you something that might help you, and you're not going to get it because you're not trusting in God. When you come into the house of God, it ought to be you want something from God, amen? It ought to be that you want something from God. It ought to be when you come here. Uh, it's not, yeah, listen, I'm glad to see a good crowd out tonight, Pastor Shot. Praise the Lord. But I hope it wasn't just because I'm here tonight, amen, that you came in. I appreciate that. But I'm t- what I'm trying to tell you is this, my friend. You ought to come to the house of God because you want to get alone with God and get something from God from his word to help you as a believer in Jesus Christ that you might do what's right tomorrow 
Amen. When you wake up in the morning and the next day and the next day, you ought to want to quit trusting in man and start trusting in God for everything in your spiritual life as a believer in Jesus Christ. Brother Mike, have you ever trusted, uh, trusted in the flesh of the arm and, and something else other than God? Yeah, I have, amen. I, I have. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't, amen. Yeah, I have. What, Brother Mike? Ain't none of your business, amen. <laughs> and I don't want you telling me later on either, like I said before. And so he says here again, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth the man, and make a flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. And Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, he puts it this way, Take heed, brethren. That means listen up. Think about this. Consider it. Take heed, brethren. He says, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Jeremiah says, if you're trusting in man, trusting in the flesh of the army, departing from God, he says, here, don't take heed. He said, you take heed and listen, lest you get an evil heart of unbelief. Boy, Pastor Sean, I don't know. I've seen some born-again believers that Sometimes when you, when you watch them in their Christian life, especially if they've come to church for a number of years and then they quit coming for a number of years and they get involved in things that they did before they were ever saved, Pastor, they get involved, back involved in those things again in their lives as believers in Jesus Christ and, and it, looks like, it looks like they have an evil heart of unbelief. You wonder if they were ever saved, amen? You ever run into something like that? You just wonder if they ever really got saved, born again by the grace of God? I'm glad I'm not God. I can't judge that, amen? I, I, I'm not trying to. I'm just simply saying, my friend, that's what he's dealing with, an evil heart of unbelief. He said, take heed, listen up, pay attention, let's just what happened to you in departing from the living God. No, you can't lose your salvation. Boy, you sure walk away from God in a lot of things in your life, amen? And you'll feel so, so lonely. You might even open up your Bible and, and you, don't, you, don't get, you don't get anything. You don't get anything. You open up your Bible and you start to read and and you read and you read and you read and your mind is going over here and your mind is going over here and the Lord's trying to speak to your heart and you're not picking up anything from the Word of God. How sad that is, amen. You ever been there, Brother Mike? Yep, have been, have been. I have been there before like that. Absolutely I have been, you know. And, and probably if everybody in this room is honest, maybe you've been there at one time or another too, amen. What I'm simply saying is don't allow that to happen to you. Get that thing right with God. Whatever it is that's hindering your relationship with God, quit trusting in man and start trusting in the things of the Lord. How do you trust a man, Brother Mike? Well, I've said this here before, no doubt, I'm sure, because it's one of my pet peeves, but... They get all these books out there today, self-help books, Pastor. You know, Christian, Christians write self-help help, help books. And I, I want to tell you something. The, probably 99% of those books do not stick with the King James Bible. And so if they're using verses, Pastor Shot, from, uh, from another perversion, amen, uh, from another, they call it translation, but they're using verses that aren't equal, they don't line up with the Word of God, what do you think, where do you think that's going to lead you? It's not going to lead you in the right direction. It's going to lead you away, and you think, well, man, I'm doing this now, and this is okay. Or somebody will watch a television program with some preacher who's well-known in the charismatic movement out there, Pastor Scott, and they listen to him, and they think, man, look, look at what, boy, he's got so many people out there. He's got to be right. Look at him. Look at what's going on. No, my friend, quit trusting in man. Come back and start trusting in the Lord, Amen. And they recognized the fact that they had to quit trusting in man and they had to come back and trust the things of God. Asher shall not save us, number one. Number two, we will not ride upon horses. You say, what, what, what kind of a point is that, Brother Mike? Well, they repented from trusting in horses or that which would give them power in battle. 
that which will give them power in battle. In fact, you know, over there in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 17, the kings of Israel were, ter- were told not to multiply unto themselves horses. Amen? They were told not. Why? Because, see, that, that, that horse would be a great thing in battle. Pastor, you could ride that horse in a battle, a chariot, a horse. You could run into 100 men and probably knock about half of them over with a chariot. And God said, that's not what I, I don't want you trusting in these things. I don't want you trusting in these instruments of war. I don't want you trusting in a horse. He said, I want you trusting in, in me. So they're saying, we're not going to trust in this instrument of battle anymore. We're not going to trust in this, this instrument that's going to that maybe could save. No, they need to trust in God. You go, through, you're, you're, you go through spiritual battles all the time. Amen? Isn't that true? Then we go through spiritual battles. Sometimes you get down, you get sick, you don't get where you're not feeling good. You might go through a spiritual battle that way. You might go through a spiritual battle at work because you're doing what's right and you're trying to live a godly life and some idiot stick comes alongside of you and starts telling you a dirty joke, amen, and you got to stand there and you're either going to take a stand or you're not, amen. I used to tell them, listen, if you're going to tell that, go down to the other side of the shop, amen. I don't want to listen to it, amen. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit bolder than some others are, amen. Besides, I was in that ex-convict, I think they wouldn't smart off to me, Pastor, they were afraid, amen. It works, amen. Go to jail, get out, then you, you understand what I'm talking about. Just kidding. Please don't do that, amen. I'm just simply saying it. We need to take a stand. And, and, and my spiritual battle, my spiritual battles in my life cannot be fought by me. Because when they're fought by me, then it's not very long before I give in to the things of the world and not the ways of God. We need to give in to the things of God. He said in Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in, in chariots, and some in horses. <laughs> he said, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Boy, David had it right, amen. He understood that our trust has to be in God and in God alone. David found that out, Pastor Shop, well, when he got in trouble for numbering the, the people of Israel. He didn't need to know how many people were going to battle. He didn't need to know how many people they had. He did not need to, why? All he had to do was trust God, amen. Just trust God, and God will bring you through that battle. And David finally got a hold of that, and he said, boy, he says, we're not going to trust in these horses. We're not going to trust in these chariots. But we're going to trust in the lame of the Lord our God. Proverbs twenty-one thirty-one says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but salvation is of the Lord. Your deliverance is from God. It's not from some horse, some other instruments in your battle. It's not, you can't, you can't, so many people sometimes they try to use everything else to fight a spiritual battle. And, and what will happen when you start using your own mentality, you're going to get angry, you're going to get bitter, you're going to get hateful as an individual because you, you, you can't win that spiritual battle without God. And so it's going to affect you, it's going to affect you mentally and physically and it's going to destroy your, it's going to destroy the testimony that Jesus Christ has in your life. And you're going to be saying something or doing something that you know you should not say and you know you should not do. Have you ever, uh, have you ever uh, thought in your mind, the next time I run into them, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind? You ever thought that? Amen. Don't, don't give them a piece of your mind. It might be the last little piece you have left. Amen. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, this is what he says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not man. That's the flesh. They're not other instruments of war. It's not the horses. It's not the chariots. He says, for our, our weapons, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Who's going to pull that stronghold down? Am I going to pull that? Absolutely not. I cannot pull that down, Pastor, in my strength. I have to have God to be able to tear that thing down. And in order for that to happen, I have to make some things right with God. He's given them two things already right here. Two things. Well, they might not trust a man anymore, but they're going to still trust in a horse and a chariot. Guess what? They're not, they're not repenting. And that's our problem sometimes. He tells us, get this right with me. Get this right with me. Get this right with me. As believers in Jesus Christ, we get that one thing right. He said, but I want you to get this right. You say, but I got this right, God. This is going to be okay. No, he said, no, no, no. That's not repentance. That's not repentance. Repentance is making your heart clean between you and the Holy God. That means getting rid of everything. That means cleaning it up between God and you. Let him get in there. Let him sweep all the cobwebs out. Let him lock, unlock every dirty little door secret in your life. Let him unlock it because he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can do it. So, to the mighty, through, through the, God to the pulling down the strongholds. The third thing, and there's three of them here. He said, you got, here's one. Here's one, and here's one. Now, here's the third one. He says this, Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, ye are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I'm going to stop with we, we are, ye are our gods. That, this will be dealing with um, what they have made with their hands. Idols, I believe as we studied the scriptures, amen. They made these little idols here and, and placed them over here and up in the high places and up in the, up in the trees and the groves and they, they made these little idol places to go and worship these idols. And they said, we're, we're not going to uh, say any more uh, to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, the work of their hands. Not what they were necessarily doing as much as what they were making with their hands. Or you could put down, I wrote down, repented from their trusting in their works or repented and trusting in those gods which they made with their hands. You say, I don't, I, don't make, I don't make gods, Brother Mike. We might not, Brother Shot, we might not sit down at a, sit down at a, a wheel and spin, spin some mud around on a thing and, and form a god or take a piece of wood and carve out some god. And, and uh, you know, you go, over to, you go over to some foreign countries uh, like um, India and there's over... There's over, I think somebody told me over a million gods. I don't know. Brother Parmore, you, probably, you know more about that than I do. I don't know much about India, amen. Other than you, I can't understand you most of the time when you talk, amen. Just <laughs> not really, amen. But it just, you know, the gods that these people have sometimes. And, and, and in our life, it might not be that we're carving out a god to put on a shelf to worship him. And we're not, we're not forming him out of the clay of the ground and uh, but our, our gods in our life sometimes are the things, that, the things that we find more important than the things of God. The things that keep you from reading your Bible. The things that keep you from getting on your knees in prayer to God. The things that keep you from bowing your head to Him. The things that keep you where you ought to be in, as a believer in Jesus Christ. The things that take you out of church that ought not to take you out of church. Amen. And I understand, Pastor Shop, people that have to work. I understand that. Amen. I understand that. I was in meetings just a while back here, and a fellow told me, he said, I'll be, he said, you'll see me, he said, I'll come in late every night. 
for the revival meetings. I said, okay. He said, I've got to work, and I don't get out of work. The revival meeting, they start at 6 o'clock in that church. And he said, the revival meetings uh, start at 6. He said, I don't get out of work until 5.30, and I have a 40-minute ride, and I'll eat after the meeting, amen. He come in about quarter after 6 every night to the revival meeting. He was there, work or not, Pastor Shot. he was there every night, amen, every night. And I'm not saying, right, listen, I know another guy in Michigan that every year at revival meetings in, in Wademan, Michigan, he would take a week's vacation, a week's vacation to come to revival meetings because he worked second shift and he wanted to be in the house of God. I'm not saying you have to take your vacation to come to revival meetings to be in church. I'm not saying that you have to give up something to come. I'm saying this, what is important to you as a believer in Jesus Christ, Amen. What is important to you? So that which gives them power and their own strength, he says, and Paul makes a statement, I speak after the man of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. He says, I'm going to put the rubber uh, where it meets the road. That way you have an understanding, Paul says, of what I'm saying to you. So he says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and uh, to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Paul said, I, I expect you to live different than what you have been living, amen. And how you have the, the, yielded yourselves to servants to unrighteousness, now yield yourselves servants unto holiness in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ. I think Paul knew a little bit about what he was talking about, amen? I think Paul knew a little bit what he was talking about. Paul had some struggles himself, but I tell you what, there's not a person in this room that could equal Paul, amen? I don't believe there's a person in this room that can equal Paul in what he did in churches and what he did to encourage believers and what he did in, in his ability to preach and to put down the word of God. When the Holy Spirit of God was filling that man and moving in his life. He said in Romans 8, 8, So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God. In your flesh you cannot please God. Now, this last, quit trusting in yourself. Not just trusting in someone else and not just trusting in some instrument for your spiritual battle, but quit trusting in yourself. You, you can't trust yourself. You have to make sure that you come back to God. And People say, oh, I trust myself. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I have complete trust in, in myself. No, my friend. You got it backwards. Your trust has to be in God and in God alone. Just that simple. God and God alone. I probably shared this here before. I had a friend years ago that was preaching at a church in Illinois. He was a missionary church planner at the time. And uh, he was a pastor. was gone for two weeks. And he was filling the pulpit. And uh, he, uh, he, he made this statement the first week or the second week when the pastor was gone, he made this statement. He said, if you have to go into a room in your house and you have to lock the door so you can be on your computer, you've got a problem with pornography. And the guy got mad at him in the church service. And after the service pastor shot, that man came to him and said, you know, you, you, I go in my room, I lock my door all the time. I want kids in my room, my wife in my room, Knowing about my work business, I have to have my privacy. And he says, I don't have a problem with pornography. So the preacher told the pastor of the church uh, what went on. And about a month later, the pastor of the church called that preacher and said, you were right. He got caught with pornography on his computer. What, what was it? 
Oh, I trust myself. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going in there uh, to, to block out the noise and no way nobody can bother me. Boy, I tell you what, my friend, you ought to just take that lock off your door, amen? Or leave your door open. Take the lock off the door. Take the lock off of some doors in your heart that you've been trying to hide from God because God knows, amen? He knows. You need to get those things settled with God as a child of God. <clears throat> I want to show you repentance will bring revival. Watch what happens. Now, there's three things here that they repented of, three things. If they would have repented of just any one, any one of them, this would not have worked, Pastor Shot. It would not have worked. If they would have just repented of, of trusting in horses, it would not have worked. If they would have just repented of trusting in Asher, it would not have worked. If they would have just quit making their idols, it would not have worked because it took all three together because that's where their sin lieth. In these objects, in these things, we're keeping them from a holy God. So he says this, For in thee they make a plea to God, in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. They confess that they were, they were and deserved nothing from God. That's what it's coming to right here. They make the plea that God, that God said about himself, he's a, father, he's a father to the fatherless, amen, and to the widows. And he provides for them. And, and they're making a plea to God, the God who calls himself the father of the fatherless. And they're calling on to God and they say, God, we, we don't deserve this. We don't deserve you to be our father. But he said, and thee, the fatherless Lord findeth mercy. And if the fatherless findeth mercy, God, then we're pleading for your mercy. I don't, like, I don't know about you, but I like mercy, Amen. How many of you like to receive mercy? Now, how many of you like to give mercy? <laughs> I see one or two hands, amen. <laughs> the rest of us are being honest. No, I'm just kidding, amen. I, don't, I, never want, I, never, I never wanted to give mercy. That was my thought. Why give mercy, amen? But I want it, Brother Ray. I want mercy, but I don't want to give it to you, amen. I want it for me, amen. And No, we need, we need to call upon God and repent and make things right with him. And find them, because your mercy is only going to be in the Lord. In Him and Him alone. So it makes a statement. Now watch this. Repentance brings revival. After they confess these things and make these things right with God, look what happens. I will heal their backsliding. That's not I might heal their backsliding. I could heal their backsliding. He says I will heal their backsliding. This is what I am going to do because they made these things right with me. I will love them freely. Boy, I'm glad he loves me freely. I'm glad his love was not based on anything that I do or cannot do, Pastor Schott. His love for me is not based on how good I am or how bad I am or how bad I have been or how good I could be. His love is based on what we, he loved, right. we love him because what he first loved us. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely for mine anger is turned away from him. Why is his anger turned away from him? Because they got these things right with God. They got them right with God. I will be as a do unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily. You ever, watch, you ever see a lily? Aren't they, aren't they beautiful? How many, you ever see a water lily? You know, in Michigan, I don't know if they are out here, but in Michigan, the state of Michigan, Water lilies are a protected flower. Did you know that, Pastor Shot? You can't pick one. 
we were we were in a camp one time and and um, uh, we were down by the water uh, in. My wife said, well, look at, look at them water. I'm gonna, and she walked out and she grabbed a water lily out of the water. And one of the counselors says, you can't, you can't. There, there's a fine for picking them water lilies. Okay, you remember what the fine was, honey? Can you remember how much that was? It wasn't cheap, was it? And I sure wasn't getting a lot of money for that camp that week. So I'm glad, amen, that, that she put it back where it belonged, hallelujah. I mean, it willed because she pulled it right off and just... <laughs> We did not pick any more water lilies, amen. That was it. I would say, just, just say you were going for the frog that was landing on it and missed the frog and hit the lily, amen. Lie when it helps you. No, just kidding. Please don't, don't, don't do that, amen. I'm so bad sometimes. My mind just go. I, I can't help it, amen. My mind just jumps there, amen. Shame on my mind. But it does sound funny, Amen. He said, he said, I will be as a dew unto Israel. They shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as, as Lebanon. Otherwise, those trees, how deep the roots were, how they hung on. He said, that's how they're going to be. Why? Because they repented and made things right with God. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and, and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. Oh, they're going to come back. Why? Because they're, they're trusting in God now and not in themselves. They shall revive as the corn. And he's talking about all that they had. They had nothing. Now they have it because they made things right. God, the fields are going to come up. They're planted. The corn's rising up. He said they shall revive as the corn. You want revival? Amen. Then repentance has to be applied. Without repentance, there is no Revival. Without repentance, there is no revival. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. When, re when revival takes place because of repentance, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a change in your heart. It's going to make a change in your life. Without Listen, without revival, when revival takes place, let me put it this way, when revival takes place, a change takes place, amen. And we're, we're, it's almost like salvation, Pastor Scott. I've seen some people, after they've been saved, and they grow into things of God, how they walk away from God, and it's not very long when they're way over here in their Christian life. And I tell you what, it don't look too good. And they almost get as mean as they were before they were saved. Amen? Almost as mean as they were before they were saved. And as angry and as bitter and just as ugly, I'm not talking about their looks, amen, <laughs> but they just get ugly about things in their Christian lives, and so mean, and when they get revival, guess what, that changes, because what now, because the Holy Spirit, who has been there the whole time, he's never left you, never forsaked you, he's been there the whole time, because now the Holy Spirit is getting, he's, pastor, he's getting what he wants, you, and boy, all of a sudden, you feel Relief. Just like, remember when you got saved? Remember the relief, amen? Remember the joy, amen? Remember the peace that came upon you? And what happens? We, we, listen, it, we've, we've lost our first love. 
Let's get back to what God has intended for us all along, to walk in his grace and his mercy and his love and do it his way and get away from trusting in ourselves and trusting in an instrument for other than uh, him for our spiritual battle and trusting in someone else to fight our battles for us and to help us all the time. Let's get back to the word of God. Amen. Let's just get back to the Bible. He says, Ephraim shall say, what have I, watch, here's what happens. What, what have I to do anymore with idols? He said, I have nothing to do with idols anymore. I have heard him and observed him. I am like a fir tree from me is thy fruit found. Who is wise and he shall understand these things. Prudent and he shall know them for the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them but the transgressors shall fall therein. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I find myself many times repenting of things. Sometimes, sometimes it's just the thoughts. Amen? Sometimes it's just the thoughts that come across my mind. And pastor, that needs to be repented of just as much, just as much as the open sin. Just as much. Because if it's not, it won't be long before it becomes the open sin. I don't know about you, my friend, but there's many times in my own personal life where I need repentance to be applied that I might experience revival. You don't have to have revival meetings to experience revival, amen? You just have to have your heart right with God in that right place with God in that right relationship that you might experience what God would have you to experience in revival in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Two questions. Has bowed, eyes closed. Two questions. First question is this. Has there been a time in your life when you've been saved by the very grace of God? I know this is the Sunday night crowd. I understand that. And, and I, but I, I would not feel good. Let me ask it this way. If you've been saved, you can tell me, Mike, I know for sure. I know for sure without a shadow of a doubt. I know if my life ends, I know I'm going to heaven because I know I've been saved. How about right now? Just slip up your hand. Is that you? Just slip up. Hold up in the air just for a moment, please. Just hold it right up in the air if that's you. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. You can put those down. I'm not sure if someone did not raise their hand, but uh, I don't always see everybody out there. I try to. But if you could not raise your hand, you could not raise your hand and say that you were saved, would you do me a favor for just a moment? Just look up here where I'm at. Just look right at me. Anybody at all not sure? Not sure. If you've been saved, if you've been saved, praise the Lord. But if you're not sure, just look up here where I am, am at. I don't see anybody looking. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope and pray that you are saved. Second question is this. Brother Mike, would you just pray for me? Just pray for me. Because there's some things, and, and I don't need a list of things from you, and you don't need a list of things from me. The Bible does a good enough job on that, but there's some things, some things that I, I need to get right with God. I just need to get them right. And you know that right now. Just slip up your hand and say, that's me. How about it? That's me. God bless you. Amen. Number eight, praise the Lord. You can put them down. Anybody else tonight? How about it? That's me. There's some things I need to get right with God. How about tonight? Be honest with me. How about it? Amen. Anybody else tonight? God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else tonight? 
Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, I thank you for these who just slipped up their hand, Father. You know their heart. You know their need, Father. They're saying that there's some things that they need to get settled with you, some things they need to get right with you. I pray, Father, help them tonight to do this, that you'd have all the honor and the glory. Father, if there's someone that's not saved, please convict that heart, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Amen. Heads bowed eyes closed. As the piano begins to play and the Lord spoke to your heart, and you raised your hand. Why don't you slip on and come right now? God bless you.